It's showtime, Johnny. Hello, operator. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, on with the show. This is it. Hello. Hollywood operator. It always seems like we're having a one-way conversation <laughs> with that gal. Well, she's a gal. Welcome to Hollywood Anonymous. Oh, I am Brian Irwin. I'm John Huck. Thank yeah. you guys for listening to episode 13. Why do you have to label them? That's a thing with you. you like, are you OCD like that? Or? No, but I like to be able to Do you label point. things at your house? Label things at my yeah, house? Yeah, you know, like, like your dresser is like John's toilet. underwear. Toilet. 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 Just in case. Where to pee? No, I don't. Uh, oh, I thought that was a rolling rock. <laughs> it's a sparkling water. That's way less impressive. We're, this isn't the drinking show. Full comp podcast, I think you can drink on that one. You can drink on the show. It just depends could, on how yeah. much beer I bring with me. It's the Wild West, John. Actually, Podcasting that, has no rules. You know that, right? That's, that's a that's, really good point. No rules, guys. No rules. It. Everyone just turns it off. Good. No rules. Fuck <laughs> off. Um, song of the day, dude. Song of the day. On my way here to your precious building, uh-huh. I heard Megadeth, My Last Words. So, guys, if you've never listened to that, if you're not a Megadeth fan, uh, that might be a song to get you into them. Very good off the album Peace Cells. Did you shadow box? I did not shadow box. I tend not to shadow box. Did you steering wheel drum? I didn't steering wheel drum, but I did. I might have air riffed a guitar lick and then. At a stop uh, sign or while you're driving? You let go of the wheel. I don't let go. I use my knees. I use my knees. I don't really let go. I'm not a, I'm not a crazy I person. did the knee thing once and it freaked out my youngest son, Elliot. Well, how old was he? I mean, he probably never It was seen like a couple that. weeks ago. He was like, also- put your hands back on the wheel. Put your hands back on the wheel. You can't do that. Put your hands back on the wheel. I'm like, um, calm down. Well, calm down. In I your would kid's not- defense, good for him for learning that because you shouldn't do that and you don't want your kid doing it because kids are idiots. It's okay when I did it. I was an adult. Visiting us today at the historical Harold Exabiter building in a corner overlooking the hysterical lobby, according to a crew member who oh, oh, changed the sign. Changed the sign. A funny word and a funny letter. Is good pal, friend, Jeff, of the, friend of the show, friend of the building, Jeff Cooper. Jeff Cooper, how are you? Thank you, guys. Hey, is it uh-huh. Jeff? Jeffrey? Jeff. Uh, Jeff. Is or your, Jeffrey. Is your full name Jeffrey? Or Sir? No. Sir. Yeah, I'm not going to do that, <laughs> but uh, is your full name Jeffrey? Uh, full name is Jeffrey. You know, what's the, uh, move a little closer to the mic, Jeff. One of the things that, um, well, it doesn't matter. See, these are the things you can say on the Wild West podcast. Yeah, I love how you're just comparing it to like when they cowboys roamed the earth they, and shot up banks. It doesn't. Um, I forgot what I was going to talk about. Yeah. Anyway, welcome to the show again, you guys. Yeah, guys. What's my name? The- your name is Brian Irwin. Oh, sir. The Utes, I, I learned a long time ago that when in this business that we... Jeff does something similar to me. He runs Union Station, which is the train station. Very pretty. And very pretty beautiful. train station. You beautiful. see it in everything. Name a couple movies that everybody has seen this thing. Uh, it's been in The Dark Knight Rises. Mm-hmm. It's in an upcoming Coen Brothers movie called Hail Caesar. Okay. Uh, it's the, was, uh, what are some uh, of the most famous movies ever shot there? the police there? station in Blade Runner. Okay. That, there oh, we go. Okay, but then, but then, guys, I, I worked there for one afternoon when uh, a little show called Off Their Rockers was shooting. You did. Betty so, White's Off so Their that, Rockers. That's on, what, the Oxygen Network? What is that on? Uh, I don't even know if it's still was on that the, the day, Was it that was the day that there. Adam West was there? No. No. Wasn't he there one day? They tended not to use famous people when they were actually doing the pranks at Union Station. Oh, for Off Their Rockers? For Off Their yeah, Rockers. Yeah, no, 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 right. Just because it would give away the prank in oh, most okay. cases. Yeah. So. so anyway, I was, yeah. I was kidding because you guys were naming really cool movies and I just mentioned a crappy, crappy, <laughs> crappy TV show. So Betty White, come on. No, I love Betty White. Uh, she has about five seconds to do with that show. Right, she yeah, does the host She's her name is on it. <laughs> it yeah, was an interesting good. spin on the prank show, though. No, it was not. <laughs> I disagree with you, Jeff. Uh, anyway, it was awful. Jeff does the same thing that I do here at the Herald Examiner, which is we basically book and oversee all the filming that takes place on that specific property. And Jeff also uh, handles uh, Metro, which is all of. Explain how that works. I mean, that's a lot. Of basically, film. any basically anybody that wants to film on a train or on a train station, train platform in the city of Los Angeles, correct? Correct. Wow, or Los Angeles County, which is even bigger. Correct, That's and I great. and I repre- That's what he handles all of that one man. <laughs> That's great, though. Yeah, I mean, a, there's a cape on underneath <laughs> that he got from Dark Knight Rises that when he they stole left it behind. Off the set of Batman Dark Knight Rises. That's fine. That's fair. Uh, what do you uh, you ever snipe anything off the set of a movie? Take a little something for Jeff. You know, 
Uh, sniping as much people do leave props and stuff like that behind or like you know stuff that they made specifically for the movie there was a there was a Frank Darabont uh, movie uh, and Frank t- Darabont is uh, the writer and director of Shawshank Redemption uh, little movie he, you might have heard um, of never heard of it uh, he did a, a TV series on TNT based on a book called L.A. Noir um, which took place in the 50s and uh, left me behind some great maps of Union Station that they had printed. It said to Jeff. It did not say to Jeff. Well, then you better but, give it back. But as it, as it was left behind, it became Jeff. It did say. It became, it became, it became Jeff. Jeff. It became to Jeff. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> it became Jeff's. Um, I don't know why this is crossing my mind. Jeff, you were there when we shot that thing in Brian's garage, right? Or your garage. It was your garage. No, 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 no. That was that was our buddy, my buddy Lee Ross. Lee, I don't think Jeff oh, was there. Okay. Uh-oh. Jeff was not there for the drunken Yeah. We shot this thing together in um, a, a mutual friend of ours' garage. And as you know, in filmmaking, typically what you do is you use fake beer and fake alcohol for people as they're consuming over the hours. Well, typically. because we were extremely low budget, we used real alcohol. And he just said, like, just bring a 12-pack. And I go, yeah, that's cool. And then I'll, like, the idea, like, we right when we started shooting, he goes, no, don't. Like, you don't have to really sip it. You don't we have just, to pound them. We just need to look like we're holding beers. Drinking them. You know, acting. It was like 9 or 10 in the morning, too, right? It was like earlier. I, I'm trying to erase all the memories. Yeah. But eventually we'll release it, which never got released. That, that, I was going to say, whatever shot. happened to that? It's still there. But there's, there's, put it this way. John, just let's just cut to the chase. John drank. I drank. And drank. I drank like a 12-pack. And drank. And then just started yelling at me. <laughs> and then in the middle <laughs> of shooting, he said. He was just drunk and said, angry. He said something to his buddy, Lee. And, and I was like. I look like, you're a real prick, aren't you? And he's like, what? I go, yeah, you're a fucking asshole. <laughs> and he was like, what are you talking about, dude? We were just shooting this funny sketch. And I was like, ah, you're a fucking asshole. I'll talk to people like that. It's that moment in the day where you're like, this needs to wrap up sooner than later. Okay? We got Busey on the Lucy here, and we need to get him. Busey on the Lucy. Busey on the Lucy. We got Busey on the Lucy, guys. <laughs> we got I, I, I have, my, oh own, my, I have my own bad drinking story over at Brian's house. Oh, go. Oh, he yeah? Invited, he invited me over to his house to watch the Super Bowl a few years ago. As, as, <laughs> yes, as, yeah, as yeah. Brian, you know. But which, which people, one was it? Which, which, uh, this would be the you've Super been over Twice. This would be the Super Bowl with the Steelers and the Cardinals. Okay, yes, oh, that's God. right. Boring. Cooper, anytime somebody shows up to your house with their own personal cooler, you know they're serious. And he uh, had his own personal cooler. I, was, I did I did bring my own personal cooler what, because I did not want to be I did not want to be away from the television for any extended period of time. So we need to clarify something. Cooper is a huge, huge Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Okay, okay. like I, like I you, thought you like, were going to say Arizona. I was my like, my no, family's no, had no, season tickets I, since 1973. Okay, is that a long time ago? I'm not good with numbers. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. So you're a Steel Curtain guy. Are you from Pittsburgh? You're I am from, from there, born obviously. In Pittsburgh, born and raised. They don't travel from out of state to I, go to the uh, fucking game since 1973. I grew up on this team. I live and die with this team. Okay, all right. And literally, and, you and won Brian, that. It's important to know his passion. It's important. Brian knows this, so he invites me over to see the Super Bowl because he's like I've got the big screen you know just bring your wife bring your daughter over yeah they go upstairs and ignore go us upstairs, we watch we'll football go down and we'll watch the game so I'm like okay fabulous knowing that he knows how emotionally invested I am which in he did game. warn me in advance sober he did warn me in advance hey dude I'm already intense Without anything, without any influence. And my wife was really against going to somewhere else. <laughs> she didn't to want to watch take you out game. in public. She <laughs> was like, go to the basement, lock the door, no kids will go down there. She asked me one time, she goes, Are you really enjoying yourself when you watch these games? And I'm like, Surprisingly, yes, I am. Yeah. So the game, fabulous game. Right. Okay, probably three minutes left in the game. Larry Fitzgerald scores a touchdown that puts the Cardinals ahead. Now, which would have been fine if it was just Brian and myself in the house, but he took the liberty of inviting probably thirty people over oh, to his house to watch this game. Who didn't know who my had, parents, right? Parents, my dad, kids, my dad, other kids. My dad was with us for a while, and then eventually, I saw my dad slowly leave. My dad's not a sports fan per se, but he thought, "I'll join the boys. I'll, I'll join watch, the men. I'll watch the Super Bowl. Cracked open a beer, and like, then eventually, I noticed my dad just slowly disappear from the room." Yeah. As the game was going on, not realizing that it was because Mr. Intensity Pants over here. Now, I am the- I am tempering my language. I am not using language that I typically use oh, while oh, I at, watch at the this Steelers. time. I'm like, yeah, you can say whatever you want because I've got okay. because I've got all these children around yes, that are not aware. my children. <laughs> if they were, you'd be like, shut the fuck up. Ex- exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's it's yeah. It's it's. I, I'm sure my you, wife and daughter leave the house now. Yeah, the they, they go. Like, we're going okay. to the mall. Have fun with so, your fucking Steelers. So. By this point, three minutes left in the game, I can't control myself. Oh, he's lost any himself. I Done. storm out of the room. I storm into the garage, 
and uh, you know, I'm like Yosemite Sam. I'm like Rogers, Rogers, Rogers. I mean, I'm just. He had to let it go. It's like he had Tourette's. And He's like, I, 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 he had to go swear. I'm like, you son of a bitches, you're gonna lose this goddamn Super Bowl. I can't believe it. I just can't, you know, just completely <laughs> out of my mind. Brian walks in and he's like, dude, man, chill out. You got Ben Roethlisberger. You got three minutes left in the game. You See? are not out of this sports game. Sports life coach, sports viewing life so coach. I go, viewing life so coach. I'm like, okay, okay. I go back and I'm and I go and I watch the game and I'm standing in front of the television. I'm gonna set. stop for one sec, just so you know. Well, one of my kids, Elliot, the youngest, at this point was very young. So in order to get in the room, there was a baby gate that had to be put up. That separated where Jeff and I were from the rest of the house. Continue. So I'm standing in front of this television and I'm I'm like preparing like somebody's going to come attack me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got this You're, you're getting post. to your three-point stance. You're going to play in the I game. I am shaken because I'm watching this thing. And of course, if you know, if you recall the game, Roethlisberger drives him down to the field, mm-hmm. throws a beautiful end zone pass to Santonio San Holmes who tiptoes into the end zone. They score, they end up winning the game. Amazing. And that was By Kurt Warner point, on the Cardinals, right? That was Kurt Warner. Yeah, that was a yeah. Kurt Warner Kurt game. Warner yeah. Which God was watching them. So. They were, yeah, he was watching them lose. So they, um, <laughs> so it, just so you know, the only, there was only two people left in that room at, right. at this and, critical moment. It's me and Jeff. And I am on my knees, hands raised up in the air in the victory sign, and I'm going, yes, yes, yes. And I turn around. And there's probably everybody else with the party is staring at me like I am some zoo animal. Like I am the the baby gate. Like I am the craziest person that they've ever seen in their life. And 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 now the and the cooler that I had brought was empty. It was, by it this was point, gone for this sure. Point. This how how many gone. beers were in the cooler? Do you think? How much? Uh, what kind there was, of beer? Uh, there was probably at close, least like twelve pack at least, right? Uh, no, there was more than that. There was <laughs> a, there was a case. What kind of beer? Um, <laughs> what difference does it make? Because if it was IPA, he's a lunatic. No, if no, it was no, Miller no, Lite, I get it. Now. This is pre-IPA craze. Yeah, no, I think it was Coronas or something. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, so a beer simpler. that you're comfortable with, you drink a lot of on a regular basis. Anyway. Uh, well, well, game time not, beer. not normally, but in okay. this case, in this <laughs> Sorry, case, I, didn't mean I was... John's projecting. Sound like a booze bag on a... I'll never forget that moment because he was on his knee and there, baby, like literally, it's a baby gate covering a door. There's no other way to look in there, so it's just it's just a, a mass amount of people who are not watching the Super Bowl. They're they watching were all him. watching him watch the Super Bowl. It's like that stuff, you go to YouTube, I'm sure there's a lot of that nut job dad yeah. watching football. That, that was his nut job dad moment, right? Now, and I don't know if people were avoiding me after the game because I was drunk. They were. or because Well, exactly. It didn't <laughs> last, because, but because his visit the, didn't last long. Because to this day, when I go over to his house, I will see people that were at that party and I can see them, and they're. I can see them like looking at me, and they'll say to each other, "They're like, that's him. That's, that's the, the guy. That's the guy. That's him. Remember him? That's remember the him. Dude. That's the guy." But you know, his wife was like, like, like Secret Service eventually came in and took him away. Yeah, or like James home. Brown. Like, she, she comes knows, in with a blanket, you know, and he yeah. walks out the side <laughs> door. He comes over. running back in. Yes, yes, yes. She comes to come back out. I thought you're more like Jeff was like a parakeet, where you put the blanket <laughs> over him, he stops making noise. Oh, like, <laughs> he just he just shuts down <laughs> and goes to sleep. Goes sleep. Shh, shh. We're gonna take Jeff home now. Keep the blanket. He's like on a top robot, of. and sunlight is his oil. So he, if he can't see it, so you would assume that this would be the last time he's ever welcome my house. No, first of all, no, I wouldn't unless you're a no, 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 no for Super Bowls. Oh well, okay. I trumped that moment by inviting him back oh. for the Steelers versus the Green Bay Packers. Oh, you son of a bitch! He was willing bitch. to come back to my house on my turf for my team to watch it. Oh yeah, I, I was surprised he was willing to do it. Same thing, showed up with his cooler. Same same objections for my wife. Yeah, not she, to leave the but, house. But well, she and, and went, more justified this a time. Wisconsin idiots. But I was like, very passive about it. Like I wasn't in your face, and I told him, I said, I'm not going to be a jerk about this. He goes, Well, I can't say the same. Which I was like, That's totally fine. He was being. <laughs> I was honest. being honest. I think it's like when you said you wouldn't go to my house to watch a Packers-Bears game, right? So we do this whole thing. He stays relatively... This was interesting about Jeff on this specific instance. I was expecting him to lose his shit at the end of that game, right? Yeah. And all he did... they lost that game if I'll, everyone can. I'll never forget it. He and I are standing... Because you know, the game didn't go down to the wire, but it's a pretty it close, reasonably pretty, close... Reasonably close, right? Game is over. I, I tempered my like, woo, I didn't yeah, want to rub it in. But you wanted to. So the two of us, the two of us are standing there. The game is over, you know, the ticker tape, all the crap is going, cannons We're are going shooting to off. Disneyland. Cannons are shooting off. Jeff goes, <laughs> Jeff, we're both staring at the TV. Jeff looks at me and goes, Goodbye. And just grabs his cooler and literally walks away. And I was like, oh, he's got to be kidding. No, he, he literally left. walked straight out he the left. door, he left. He went grabbed home. his wife and his kid, and went home. I, when I went upstairs, I just wanted to watch a little bit more. I literally watched for like a minute or two. I go upstairs. I'm like, where's, where's, where are the Coopers? They're like, no, they're gone. He literally <laughs> 
Yeah. There, there were tears. There were tears on the <laughs> he way said, home. Yeah. Goodbye. No. I'll never forget that. Goodbye. Yeah. I've, Congratulations. Goodbye. Yeah. But that's to me, that's the move you make. I, w- I watched the the first Patriots uh, New York Super Bowl with my buddy Ryan. He's a huge Patriots fan. When that catch happened and everything, we were at my brother's house. He literally ju- he didn't say anything. He just stood up and left. Walked out the front door, and someone's like, where's he going? I go, I think he's going home. And then he, I didn't talk to him for like a month, and then he told me he didn't watch SportsCenter for six months. And then, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. but to me, I appreciate that reaction of like, you know what? Uh, if I stay here, I'm going to be a fucking asshole, so I got to get out of here. You know what I mean? Like, you knew this jerk off, his team just won, and you had to sit there and I watch. I said I was being nice. Yeah, I fed him. You could be nice and still he be a jerk off. because I fed him. Brushed his hair during the halftime ceremony. Oh, I see. No. We played dolls. We had a tea party. We watched the puppy <laughs> bowl. Spoke softly to me. <sighs> but yeah, I, I just, you know, I think you, you made the right call and just like, goodbye. See you later. I'll go, I'll go yell into a pillow. Well, or... I, I did bring my requisite case of beer, too, which I had emptied, especially when yeah. they were losing. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, you know, it's easy. During the Super Bowl, I could drink... I could drink probably 400 beers, it feels like. I could just, I like, I start drinking like three in the afternoon and then like two in the morning. I'm like, oh, this is my 400. See, but you don't have a, I don't have a read on you when you do it. Like, I have, I know when John is about to go over the edge, there are certain people that I can pick. Which I don't do anymore, by the no, way. No, 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 I'm saying, but, uh, but I know your move. The move is when he's holding one in each hand. And that's when you know shit's about to get serious because he never wants to be that's, dry at that point. Yeah, well, right. yeah I don't want to wait down, line at the bar at yeah. that point. It's too when much. he doubles down, you know, okay, this is we're gone. We're going. We're going for it. Uh, well, Patrick Keene, his mm-hmm. move, when I know that he has jumped the edge, he starts shadow boxing in a corner by himself. That's when I know, okay, because he's such a tame person. That his next move, if he does whatever, it's a shot or that one beer that puts him over, he goes over in the corner and I start seeing shoulders moving and he's not talking (laughs) to anybody. He's just looking in a corner and I see a couple jabs and then he turns around, he's back in the game. I'm like... He's done. He's he's he's. Yeah. This is all done. That was from that here. was a mental preparation for him. Yeah. He thinks he's back in it because like, <laughs> I just have like slap myself around a little bit. Like okay, yeah, mm-hmm, I'm good. I'm good. And then like the next thing, I black out. And someone's like, yeah. Then you threw up. Yeah, my thing is I just get really quiet. Like I shut down because I'm. I know that it's just like nothing good is about to happen from here on out. Yeah, yeah. And then eventually I start crying <laughs> and asking for my animals. <laughs> Your animal, man. I need. I need a comfort hug. I don't. I, I need Frank something or furry or a cat. Anything. I just want to hug something furry and, I, and have them tell me it's okay. I want talking animals at some point when I get really, really. You have them. Up. They're called children. <laughs> they drive you insane. You post about it online. I just need someone to just pet my hair and go. Shh. It's going to be okay tomorrow. It's not going to be okay. But now here's my the deal. age, it's going to be okay three days from now. Three days, the recovery process. Yeah, it's actually a week. I don't know when the last time you drank a lot. But. <laughs> no, it's been a long time. I kind of avoid that. those youthful uh, power downs. Yeah, no, it can, it can get rough. But so, Jeff, you don't pound cases of beer a day? You're just like when the Steelers are playing? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's not, a, uh, it's not a daily habit. He's not watching replay every day of like uh, the greatest hits of uh, the Steelers and pounding down a... An 18-pack. Yeah, I, could, I couldn't. I can't. I actually just cut the cord on uh, DirecTV, so I've got to figure out football for this season. So That's the dilemma now, right? It's, like it's, it's getting more and more expensive to love football, right? It's getting harder to love football as far as like the package goes. Right. And we live in a city that doesn't have any football, so we're at the mercy of whatever the national yeah. plays, right? So that, Correct. Hence the reason why all three of us have no choice but to get the packages. Our teams are nowhere no, near us. I won't get the package. I think the NFL is dog shit, and I think uh, Roger Goodell's an idiot, and I think the Bears are a terrible, terrible, terrible organization at this point. They're not worth watching. And I don't... I, I actually, when I just moved, DirecTV is like, we're giving you the NFL package. I go, I don't want it. I want the baseball package. And like, sorry, the mover's special is the football package. I go, turn the football package off. Turn the baseball package on. Sir, it doesn't work like that. I go, the fuck it doesn't. And I, for two days, I went back and forth with them on the phone. I was writing emails. I'm like, you guys are pissing me off. Now, you know what I want? I just want the baseball package for free. You're going to leave the football package on there? Fine. But you're giving me the baseball package. And they were like, what? I go, give it to me. And they finally called. They go, okay, sir, what we've done is we've taken the NFL package off. I go, good. And they're like, I'm giving you the MLB package. I go, how fucking hard was that? Not at all. You wasted two days of my life. All you had to do is click one off, click one on. Don't be dicks about it. These are, but, that's how but, he meets women, but, too. But, He's very demanding. But, but I'm like, don't. I'm, I'm done here. Like, I, it was my proudest fight because I'm so, I'm so fed up with the NFL. Like, Tom Brady, four-game suspension. Guy punches his wife, two-game suspension. I'm like, what? 
what this guy's judgments and his penalties, they don't mean shit. He's always wrong. Everything is a joke. And I agree, way down the future, not in my lifetime, but two, three hundred years from now, there will be no football. Or it'll be the opposite, and we'll be throwing people into a ring and lions will be fucking mauling them and we'll be just cheering for death. But otherwise, it's 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 going the way of nobody. But will DirecTV? Will you be able to pay for that? Or yeah, will it be oh a, my god, a free package John, for moving, dude. dude pay per view, Don King. Somebody's going to have a. But big... if you move, do you get that for free? What yeah, is the I'm feed sure. to the Lions package? What is that going? Oh my be? god, I'm. Sh- I mean, What's at that, that point, me back? with Can inflation, you... probably like three thousand dollars. I don't know. Now, most of the package I watch, I watch in one specific room. If I move to another room, do I get that? You can see it all on every TV, dude. This will be the future, man. And first of all. You'll be dead by the time this happens, so I wouldn't necessarily worry about your cable By the time I move to another room? By the time you move to another room, if you're watching lions mauling people 300 years from now. Okay. You know? Fair enough. Why lions? Would they be robotic lions? Will they be... I don't know. Maybe they will be robotic lions if they all go extinct because human beings are fucking assholes. Maybe. This show has spiraled. Yeah, out of control. Guys, Jeff is an author. Segways... Yeah, you did actually. Yeah, he. Well, let's talk about I, that I for a second. No, let's talk more about my theories about football and no. where it's going in the future. <laughs> he is an author. Jeff is a great writer. I met Jeff. We, 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 let's take a step back before we get your book because you have to understand the evolution of yes, Jeff. We can't just say Jeff wrote a book because then it sounds like we just had him on here for that reason. No, no, it's not that. It's just that I, I, the evolution is actually pretty funny. So Jeff and I met by being site reps, the guys that kind of do what we've had many people on our show. But you didn't hire and, Jeff. Jeff was no, hired no, no, separately. separately. Yeah, and and we somehow or we worked together at some point, and we. Really Realized that we both had, we both moved out here with false hopes and dreams of like being, you know, comedians and and um, what, what did you and want writers? Be? Well, he moved out as a comedian. He had a he has oh. a headshot of himself with a mustache and a suit I coat. Did, I did. I actually have some. I have some video of it too. I have yeah. a suit. I have a burnout mustache. Yeah. First of all, what uh, a burnout mustache! Like, like you were at the smokers' corner. I, like, in high I, no, like I'm like a 14 year old Mexican kid. Oh, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> that's not a burnout. Okay. That's a 14 year old Mexican. Yeah, kid. Okay. but the burnout mustache is a burn. You know what? You know what a burnout mustache? You're from the Midwest. Yeah, I think I know. I think I got it. It's not a full. It's not a full it's, mustache. Yeah, it's it wants it's to a, be. Yeah, it wants. It wants to be. It has hope. Desperately, it wants to grow into a stash. Uh, this is what I love about Jeff. Jeff is willing to make fun of himself, and he's willing to acknowledge the fact that he has this stuff. So then he and I bond a little bit, right? And we get to know that, like, all right, we're trying to pursue the same things. And he goes, hey, man, I got to show you this thing. I'm a little embarrassed by it, but I got to show you this thing that I made, this video. This is when people would just started going, maybe you should start making stuff. This is pre what everybody does now. Right, right. Everybody makes their own stuff. He actually invested his own time and energy into making a short film, which was what, Jeff? Uh, it was called The Anniversary. Okay. Could you explain to John what The uh, Anniversary was? It was about was? a guy who was celebrating his anniversary with his hand. Continue. Okay. Uh, I was. Uh, I wrote it by myself. I did it by myself. Oh, I bet. Uh, I had a. Well, not that part. Well, that part. But um, inspired by true events, or uh, no? But I, you know, I had friends. You know, I had friends help me with it, and it. You know, it was the first thing I had done out here. I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I hadn't even broken the script down. I just kind of like showed up at this guy's house and I had a camera and I was like, I was like Mickey and Judy, come on kids, let's make a show, let's put on yeah. a show. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, the people that I was working with were like, did you break this down at all? I mean, how, what's the order of shooting it? And I was like, oh, I figured we'd start at the top, you know, with, with number one and then we'd take it from there and move on from there. And they were like, great, that's not helpful because there's, it cuts back and forth to this room a bunch of times. Well, again, like I said, it was the first thing that I had done. Right. Here, and you so. didn't know, you didn't read any books. You I had absolutely no idea. Right. And, and again, like Brad says, this is before you could even go on YouTube and go, oh, this is what people are doing. This is how something Correct. should look. This is... Okay, so you shot that. In, in fact, we shot it on beta. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, awesome. So yeah, so really going back there. Yeah. And I had my wife, uh, my wife was working at a post house at the time. So, so, um, so she made like 16 copies. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude... She, <laughs> do you remember that having to take videotapes to? I need copies, of this, and they'd give you like fifteen tapes, and you'd be like, "And it was expensive." Yeah, it was expensive. Then you had to send mail those fucking tapes to. Oh god, that was awful. Kids these days have absolutely no idea no, how, how good they've was. got it. <laughs> To be able to just open up a Mac laptop, make a thing, compress it, and put it on the internet, it send somewhere. it, we transfer, two gigs or less, you can send it to anybody you want. Son of a bitches, punks. Yeah. Get off know, my lawn. No good nicks. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, I, what I appreciated about the fact, very self-deprecating, like uh, honest, but, but also an amazing writer. And uh, we have joked over the years, because we have collaborated on many, many things, that we just, uh, in classic Hollywood Anonymous style, it's like, it's really hard to get a break, no matter what. And we, you figure that 
given the nature of what we do for a living, we'd run into all these people. But you run into a lot of broken promises, which is, hey, if you hook me up, buddy... I'm going to help you out one day, which, which then we, you we learned them up over the and years. Then they never, never call you back. Nah, yeah. it's very, very I've typical. gotten what I needed from you. Goodbye. But then he and I talked at one point, and you know, he had this love for writing, and it's like then he's just like, you know what? I, screw this! I, I can control my life. I'm going to go start writing books. And I was like, bold move, dude, because I couldn't even imagine how to sit down and start writing no, a no. novel, a book of any type. But yeah. you put how much time into this thing? Uh, well, I wrote it over a period of over a period of years, and I did mostly because you know of the false promises of the entertainment industry that we're moving towards getting some of the other stuff that we were working on done, um, and that was that was a lot of the issue. I mean, the actual time it took me to write it was probably about six months, really, but it was spread out over a certain period of time. Right. But, that's, but the thing is, I don't really do anything else. That's what I do. I, I work, and then I go home, and and then I write. And you write, huh? Okay. Uh, because it's just something that uh, you know, as opposed to I, I actually moved out here to be an actor. I got out here and they realized that there was 50,000 other people out here that couple, looked exactly 50, like me. A couple other actors out here already, yeah. That uh, looked exactly like me and yeah. most of them were better actors than I was. Uh-huh. So, uh, you know, the first agent I ever had uh, was this guy named Sergio. Mm-hmm. Where'd and, you meet him at? <laughs> uh, he was, uh, they were, uh, it was a talent agency based in, uh, they were in Burbank. And he told me, I, you know, I told him I had done comedy and that I had written and everything. And, you know, he had suggested about going out and getting headshots. One of the things that he told me is, is what you want to do is you want to you want to make a funny face. He goes, can you, uh, you know, cross your eyes or something like that? I said, you want me to get headshots where I cross my eyes? And the guy's like, yeah, absolutely. Because people will look at that and then they'll know what you are. I'm like, yeah, they'll know what I am. All right. They'll know I'm an idiot. Yeah, they'll know I'm a fucking cross-eyed buffoon who doesn't have to take a photo. So and that was back when the photos were black and white. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and th- and that's the thing. I mean, you know, you 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 know, the more that you're out here, you tend to learn things like that. I sure. I worked for a time at Disney. I was a uh, I was an Ooh. assistant to a vice president of music at Disney. Wow. Now, I don't, you know, I just have a layman's ear for music. I don't really listen to it perhaps in the way that somebody that's in the music industry would listen to music. But didn't you used to play spoons? You were spooning through Anyway, continue. No, I was a washboard guy. <laughs> Uh, I so one of the jobs that I would have to do is. By the way, j- the, let's just acknowledge I just I, I just literally shut the show down for a second there, and, 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 and you're doing it again it. right now with this apology. That's <laughs> fucking awesome, dude. Thank the you. explanation. I was trying, of the to show move, shut down. trying to move past it to let Thanks. Jeff finish his thing, but then we have to go back and talk about how you just took a shit on this entire conversation. <laughs> Perfect. Let me know when you want to interrupt again. So the the, you the person your the, haircut the, at Home Depot. The per- can I? Can I? <laughs> oh, that's from earlier though. Can we were I? recording something different. No one even knows what that is. Uh, sorry. Okay, it doesn't <laughs> matter. That's that's a it's, showstopper. But it's really funny. Continue, Jeff. Sorry. God damn. All right, go ahead, dude. Sorry. So the 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 person <laughs> the the vice this vice president of music at Disney that I worked for they would people would submit demo tapes of composers, songwriters, things like that. Uh, the person that I worked for was the person that picked out composers and underscore composers for the different projects that they were working on at the time. And um, that was one of the things that was always one of those things that she could never get to and was really backed up about. At the time, I was starting writing. I was getting scripts together and getting packages together. I was writing spec scripts for shows that were currently on the air so that I could get representation, things like that. So I was really interested into how different people put their packages together when they were soliciting themselves for work with these people. So she brings me out a stack of CDs. There's probably 10 of them. And she goes, I need you to listen to these for me. And I said, well, look, I'm, I really don't, you know, I would only listen to it from a layman's perspective. I don't really have the any kind of expertise, any kind would... of expertise. I don't really necessarily know what you're looking for. And, you know, the answer was, well, you know what? I have enough experts around here. I'd like to have somebody that doesn't know what they're talking about. Maybe a casual listener is what they need. Exactly. Because the people who listen to their shows or watch their shows aren't fucking music experts. Exactly. And they're, you know, they're listening for an entirely different thing. So I said, okay, well, listen, you can do this while you're doing your other work. And just if something sets out for you, just let me know what that is and we'll, we'll investigate it further. So I put the first disc in. I get back to work. About 45 minutes later, she comes out. She goes, how you doing in that pile? I'm like, I'm still on the first one. She goes, you're listening to the whole thing? I said, well, yeah, of course I'm listening to the whole thing. She goes, She's you like, never listen to the whole thing. Three bars of the first you fucking listen, song. You listen to the first minute. If it doesn't grab you in the, in the first minute, you move on to the next one. And uh, she goes, you should have been through that whole pile right now. And uh, I'm looking at this pile of work. 
that these people have these put ten in. composers who have put their heart and soul into these packages that they're you know and and a lot of these composers are composers that work in the business now. I see them in features all the time. I see them listed in features. I mean, these were but you know they were right at the start of their careers, so you know they're you know trying to get whatever gig that they can. Yeah. And yeah. you know, and they're giving it to some yo-yo like me who has no idea what he's talking. Jeff about. Cooper, gatekeeper. <laughs> but I would, al- but I would also like to say that at least you listen to the whole, like you. Well, the first one, right? The first. Nobody one. else, right? But who I'm was just the saying, guy you like, listened to the whole album to? Still a big fan today. Uh, <laughs> I buy all his uh, CDs. I believe it's uh, it's a guy named Christoph Beck. See, I know he ah, he's got one of those memory things. Yeah, dude, I can't. Does remember. he actually work to he this does, day? He does. He does. Was that the one you guys picked in the end? Uh, no, no. There were a couple people that I picked out that she would have never picked out. Did they actually use any of your advice? They did. Okay. They did, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah quite but, a bit. But Can we know, get Christoph back on the phone right now? But we used to we have to thank do, we you used for to listening to, to it. But, you know, it was amazing because, you know, it was amazing because a lot of times they didn't really know all the time, even these people that were experts in doing this, they didn't necessarily always really know who people were. Uh, we uh, we brought Trevor Rabin in for a meeting. Trevor Rabin used to play with Yes. Yeah. Uh, around the time of 90125, uh, 90, owner of a lonely heart, things like oh, that. Oh, I'm like, you, I think you're saying it's 90210. I think you're saying it wrong, but okay. Yeah, not, <laughs> okay. Yeah. 90125. He used okay. to play guitar in the background on a couple of very special episodes so of 90210. I, and I had seen him in, con- I had seen that concert tour. I'd seen them in Pittsburgh, playing in Pittsburgh. So, I was very excited to meet him because I really was always been a big fan of Yes. I really liked his music, and I knew that he was composing uh, for features like Armageddon, things like that. Wow, okay. So um, my boss meets with Trevor Rabin, and I have to convey to him that uh, he has to do a demo tape. And he goes, a demo tape? Uh, just buy the Yes albums, dude. What the <laughs> fuck do you want from me? He, sa- he said, should I send over the Armageddon soundtrack? <laughs> He was very cool about it. Yeah. He was very nice about it. That's good but for him. But he was just like, wow. The you know, fuck I've you want ne- to demo tape? never but really had. That's when you realize what your actual role is here, no. is you deliver shit information, and you get to be the one that if they have to shit on anybody, they shit on, now shit my, on you. Now, my favorite story about working at this job, uh, we were working with Eric Idle from Monty Python. Oh, yeah. Okay, so... Uh, which was a dream come true for oh, a guy like yeah. me. I mean, Eric Idle, Monty Python. I mean, that's that's a, that's the Rushmore of, of comedy as far as I'm concerned. Very, very, very nice guy. Very friendly. We were also working with another Eric, at, another guy named Eric at the same time. So I mm-hmm. had we had recording sessions coming up for some of the Disney things that we were working on at the time, of which Eric Idle was a part of. And uh, another separate project had this other Eric fella uh, he was working on this one. So I had to call and leave a message about a recording time. I meant to call okay. uh, the other guy, but I instead called Eric Idle. And I just conveyed the information. It was nothing flowery. It was, hi, Eric, this is Jeff calling from Disney, calling to let you know that the recording time is you know at this one and it's been changed to this, et cetera, et cetera. So Eric Idle gets the message and realizes that it's not for him, so he calls the office back and leaves a message. And the message that he leaves is along the lines of, hello, this is Eric Idle. I've received a message from your office regarding recording time. Uh, this is obviously not for me. This is for another Eric that you are apparently working with. And if it happens again, the person responsible will be shot. <laughs> but now I'm loving this because right, I'm like, yeah. I'm getting I'm getting, uh, you know, I'm Not getting celebrity roasted. Yeah, I'm getting roasted by Eric. I, you know, yeah. if I'm going to get roasted by anybody. If someone's going to make fun of you, let it be someone let it fucking be Eric, hilarious. Let it be Eric Idle. Yeah. I tell my boss this, and I'm like, it's this. Listen to this. This is hysterical. This is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Which tells you how many great things have ever happened <laughs> at this point. Someone got <laughs> mad at you for you made a joke. Okay, this is the greatest thing. Cool. Maybe live your life a little more. So, uh, so I play this. And my boss looks at me and just goes, I cannot believe you've done this. I'm like, excuse me? She goes, do you know how angry that man is right now? Can you hear that in his voice? I'm like, you do know who this is, right? You're going to need to call him and talk to him directly because that's not what we're gathering here, him being angry. I, I said, you know what this guy, you've heard of Monty Python, right? I mean, you, can, I mean, you don't really think that this guy's going to shoot me if I leave a 
if I leave the wrong number on his answering machine again. Are you? And she did. She called him? No, uh, I, don't think, uh, uh, I don't think that she called you, him. You, you could not convince her that he was not angry. She was completely convinced. She goes, you need to be a little bit more responsible and a little bit more careful. So let me guess. You're, leaving these messages you're not for. playing. You didn't play voicemails for her after that. Uh, not those kind, no. no. <laughs> like, there you were started bringing in all these like fake ones. Hey, Jeff. It's, great, it's, uh, um, great job getting the right information to me. Really appreciate it. <laughs> you're Thanks. awesome. I'm really happy, by the way. Uh, Thank you. And your boss like, again, Jeff, this sounds like you talking into a phone. Uh, what is this? Uh, that's Yeah, but obviously... Eric Idle, why he wouldn't give a shit? He was just kidding around. He was just kidding. He was the fact that he, he took was the time Eric, to he do was it. Eric Idle. I was yeah. gonna say the fact that he took the time it means he wants you to know that you might want to call this other guy. Yeah, he was and just instead of going cool. delete, fuck yeah. them, they got the wrong guy. And this other Eric going, no one ever called me. Yeah, and then it being up. a real mess. And then you get he fired. took he took the time to actually. That's like when you make a reservation somewhere and then you call, or appointment you call back to cancel it when you're not gonna make it. They're like, hey, thanks. Like they're really grateful that you called back because they're like. Yeah, because a lot of people are just like, fuck it, we're not going to that, we'll go somewhere else, and they don't even right. bother, and it's right. like, well, why don't make the reservation then? Right. How did you end up doing what you do for a living? Not the writing thing, but how did you end up doing, like, the, uh, you get involved with Union Station and all that kind of stuff, like, how did all that, like, how did you end up just becoming who you are as far as that stuff goes? Well, most of that, I, uh, after I worked for Disney, I worked for an animation management company for a while. Wait, I'm sorry, but this is all after you decided no, no more acting, or no... This uh, was after I decided no more acting. Now, was okay. this before or after your uh, hand movie? When this you decided was, you weren't going to act anymore. Uh, this was, uh, the Disney stuff was probably around the same time. Now, had you shown your boss the hand movie? Was, no. Did she get one of the copies? No. Okay. She said, I sent this to Eric Idle, and he <laughs> is upset. <laughs> yeah, she, uh, uh, the, the person that I worked for was very uh, suspicious in general. Uh, you Define know, suspicious. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. Well, she was suspicious of practically everybody. Oh, oh, oh you mean Be- by that? Not behavior, not her behavior. You mean she was just a suspicious person? She was just oh, a okay. suspicious oh, okay. person because she was in a job where people would try to get close to her because of what she could do for them in their careers right, right. and stuff like yeah. that. When we all realize now, we're all in an age where we realize that doesn't really ever actually come into play. So you're fooling yourselves, youngers, if you're coming out to this town, that that stuff actually matters. Continue. Uh, sometimes it does. Well, it depends on what kind of contact you're having. I guarantee you, know, you, you can you know point to like five people who sucked contact, a right dick. That's and my point. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah. But I was, I was good working for this lady for about a year. Uh, I left there to work for an animation management company, which managed uh, animation was very big at the time. Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon were really exploding. Yeah. So uh, there was a lot of competition between the studios for different animators. So Nick built a whole Nickelodeon, built a whole animation studio. I mean, exactly. Right? I mean, yeah. Exactly. And so. we were actually right across the street from the uh, Cartoon Network studios in Burbank. Oh, nice. Which is where this was based. Uh, I worked for them for a little while until they asked me to take less money for the. <laughs> For wow. the job, you did a great job, Jeff. For the same, uh, the same what, job that I was doing. What kind? What? How, what is that conversation? Well, the like? com- the the well, the thing was is that there was a slowdown in the business because obviously, uh, you know, there's only there's a finite number of animation jobs. They were shipping a lot of the jobs overseas. The beginning of the end. So, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and business was just. That was my, it was me pretending to be the evil person of yeah, the industry. Okay. That's good. Okay. Business, Thank you. business was slowing down to a point where they couldn't really afford to keep me at the salary that they kept me at. I they wasn't were just trying to keep you on. And I wasn't particularly fond of working my way down the ladder. Of yeah, stuff, right? so. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> um, so I, I, I stopped working there. And um, uh, my wife had uh, run into a friend of ours uh, who uh, actually adopted animals for us from the Burbank Animal Shelter. Asked them if. Uh, uh, she knew of anybody that was hiring, and uh, you know the location company was hiring at the time. So that's how I got involved in that. Side note, by the way, wow. his, he and his wife are amazing. They take in like sick animals and like help them like live their last few whatevers. Like right. I couldn't, I can't, I can't do that. Animal but they hospice? Do that. No, not, not, I wouldn't call them a hospice. But listen, th- these are not animals that I think people are rushing to adopt. Correct? Like this is kind of your guy's mo. You well, know, you'll we, take in a few. That we we haven't done as much recently, but over the years, yeah, we've uh, we used to have a we had a two bedroom two bath apartment in Burbank. We had six dogs and cats. Yeah, all of them which were blind yeah. and walking into walls. I'm just Tumors on their that. head. Yeah, the yeah. whole thing. Yeah. Well, you're a much better human being yeah, than I am. Yeah. My wife. It's it's that's well, my that, but, that part's you know, that part's my wife. You put up with it. I mean, well, <laughs> how honorable. Well, you know, of it him. was you know we we actually just went through a round of dogs because we got a you know we have multiple dogs usually we yeah. have three dogs now, uh, but before the we have the dogs that we have now we had another we had another three dogs uh, that all kind of passed away at around the same time. Oh Jesus! And uh, 
we went like six months, six, eight months without having any animals, which was fabulous for me. I'd walk in the house and be like, what's that smell? Oh, oh. not, not pee. Oh, it's not, <laughs> not pee, not it's poo, not dog not. butthole. <laughs> but, uh, but we're back to three dogs again, so... Uh, well, more power to you. I mean, that's nice of you. Where, so I'm going to bounce around. So okay. what? at what point, I don't know where you were living, at what point did you go, I'm moving to Hollywood, and everybody's going to either come with me or they're, I'm leaving them behind. Where were you at the time, and what made that decision? Well, I lived, in, I lived in Washington, D.C. at the time. Aha, and I was, Senator I was going through a lot of both personal and professional transitions at the time. I was getting fired in both my personal and professional What life. brings somebody to Washington, D.C. if you're not working in politics? Uh... I worked in advertising. I worked for a direct mail advertising firm in Washington, D.C. I worked at a bookstore when I lived there. Which was exactly, exactly what you I You lived in Washington, D.C.? For three months. You two have something. Did you guys cross paths? Mm. Did you send a flyer to John's? Did, did, did you ever go to the Trover Bookstore on H Street near the White House uh, between the months of... <laughs> that was you? Uh, <laughs> November... Tw- uh, two, uh, <coughs> November 98 to... January 99. When did you move out here? Uh, I moved out here in May of 96. Okay, so the answer so is no. no. Gotcha. Okay, good. So you were there in Washington, no, D.C. You know, I just I had an epiphany in my life. I, I woke up one morning. I was in a job that I couldn't stand. I was with a person that I really wasn't into. into. And, uh, you know, I, I woke up with a horrifying realization that my life was going to look like this every single day for the rest of my life. Oof. And it was just, it was one, you know, and really, I can still recall that, that feeling. It that was just, that terrifying. That settling right. feeling in my chest. Uh, yeah, I had I, it today. I worked. Continue. <laughs> this advertising agency that I worked for, uh, it was a job that I had to wear a suit for. Uh, yeah. And I, I wore a suit for a job where I was in an office where I never saw anybody. What the fuck did <laughs> you wear a suit I worked, for? I worked at this sense. place. Control. I worked at this place for four years. I never saw one client. And I had to wear a suit every single day. And I was just like, I'm just really, really, really on the wrong path. Uh, I was staying at my sister's at the time, uh, and we had uh, we have a storm in the East Coast called a nor'eastern, where cold Canadian air meets moist air from the Gulf of Mexico and dumps probably three to five yeah. feet of snow every time. <laughs> in like five happens. minutes, yeah. And I was trapped in their house for five days because they couldn't get snow plows out to dig anybody out because there was so Jesus much Christ. snow everywhere. Yeah. And I'm like, what am I living here for? I hate this. I've always hated this. You know? And at that point, I'd realized that I had been doing apprenticeships and jobs in industries that I really wasn't that particularly interested in. And figured that if I was going to have to do an apprenticeship in something, it might as well be something that I was actually interested that in. That you gave a shit about. Yeah. Like sword fighting. That'd be a good apprenticeship, right? Sword Not fighting? tying. <laughs> He's not fucking a Boy Scout. He's... So uh, I, I had run I had run into a uh, a friend of mine, an actor who had actually been in a couple of uh, features. Okay, uh, I had seen him in a bar in Pittsburgh back, uh, and he kind of casually mentioned to me off the cuff, "Hey, you know, if you're ever interested in moving out to L.A., let me know because you could stay with me." Uh, he gave you the never false thinking, hope. never not thinking wanting, never thinking, and never wanting. Yeah, he did not want Hi, you following up on that shit. offer. And I called him up. I called him up, and I'm like, "Dude, I'm coming." And uh, he's like, "Oh, that's that's great." Yes, Super. and you probably remember that tone, I'm don't you? You remember <laughs> how excited he wasn't. I'm moving. Uh, this is weird. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Can you was, say who it was? It was, it was, was uh, is, this a, is this an actor we would know? Uh, no, he's uh, he was in Made in America with Ted Danson and Whoopi Goldberg. His yeah. name's Fred Mancuso. Fred Mancuso. But the bottom line was that did he in the end he he sucked he was a man of his word. Oh yeah yeah. Or yeah, you he, got here and he had moved. He put me up for a month. He we lived in these, uh, which is uh, more than enough, by the way, for anybody that's planning on moving out. And we've talked month, about this before, right? Is, you would agree. You need to spend every waking day that you you're staying with your friend when you move out here looking for a place that you can live, so you're not mooching in on them. Side story: What's the longest anybody stayed at your place? And you're like, seriously, how much longer are you staying with me? Uh, probably 20 days. 20 days. What about you? <sighs> half a year. Almost a a half a year. Yeah. yeah I, I was, I was probably knee deep in a couple months and I, and it's not that I don't like the people, but at some point you, you come home one day and you're like, I'm about to snap. Well, I don't yeah, want to snap. I just, Why won't you just leave? Uh, yeah, but, 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 but my head in my head is like, you should not want to be on my couch. Correct. You should be doing everything you can to get the fuck out but of some here. Some people and... don't. They get comfortable, right? And exactly. Did you have to ask their yours? To no, leave? no, no. I was I was very clear with him 
that <laughs> I was not going to be. Well, here's, here was the thing. Uh, it was a studio apartment that's probably about as big as the room that we're in right now. Okay. Which is, which is massive because I'm very powerful and Yeah, yeah super massive. Exactly. Okay, so, wow, so, okay maybe, a, a, maybe a portion of this room. Oh, okay, oh, good, yeah. good. So um, about, about you know, 10,000 square feet. Yes, exactly. Okay. All right, good. Okay. 10,000 is... square foot studio apartment. <laughs> so... And, you know, and the, you know, so, you know, this guy's putting me up. He's let me on his couch. Now, we were friends in high school, but we weren't necessarily the friends that always, you know, he wasn't always the first call that I made when you I was going to go out to do something. When so you hung friends. out and you saw each other, it was but cool. We, but, every, but everywhere that I would go, I would see this guy, Fred. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that I didn't know and that wasn't explained to me before I moved in with him for a month. Fred does gay porn in his living room. No, no, but Fred likes to sleep naked. Oh, well. Close enough. Oh, in a studio, I get it. Which was, you know, which was close enough. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was very intimidating. Fred's a very large man. How big is his dick? (laughs) My God. But the fact of the matter was, was you know, he would walk around and he'd be like, "So, how much longer are you going to stay with no clothes on? With no clothes, that's on. a good way to do it. That's though. a way. There's a way that, to do like, it. And I was, I'm not going to put pants on. What, so you might want to think about getting out of here. <laughs> what, what time is it now? That's yeah, right. yeah, I'll be gone in ten minutes. Oh, sorry, yeah. I thought I was checking the, uh, the the watch on my wrist, but I was actually checking your penis. I yeah. was confused my arm, but for it's your dra- penis. it was draped over my wrist, so I guess that's what I'm looking at now. <laughs> But you know, you learn these things, and you learn these things. You know, and these are you know, these are the things that you learn when. Yeah, you, Fred Mancuso you know, you... has a huge dick. I mean, I'm learning things right now. It's not on his IMDb credits. I don't. I understand. should be. <laughs> yes, spot in Golden Girls, also during, massive cock. During this time, during this, did you? What did you do? Did you? Do? I shouldn't have brought that up. No, come on. No, first off, come on, please. It's a great story. There's nothing. You said nothing bad. Yeah, this guy wanted you out of his place because fuck it, you should have been getting out of his place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we all, he's got a huge dick. I'm we're sure all on be, his side, just yeah, so you okay, know. Okay, in this he's story, not gonna, he's okay, not going to be like, man, they were talking about how big my dick was, <laughs> and then I didn't this want him is, being there at I my didn't place. Didn't want a house guest when I was living my bachelor lifestyle. So yeah, he, he didn't have a family at the time, right? I he mean, did not have a yeah, family. Otherwise, why are you walk around? Yeah, naked yeah, 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 yeah. This is my okay. daughter. Here's my dick. <laughs> uh, is he still out here? Uh, no, I believe uh, he, he served. On. He he served in the military for a while. Okay, wow. so after, he got he got out of that. Okay, okay, he got out of the okay. he got out of the business and. I mean, joined the military. Listen, I got to be honest with you. If I if overseas. I literally ever found out somebody was talking about me um, on the radio or whatever I'd on a podcast, I don't and I found out what they were saying about me in any way, shape, or form, penis, no penis, just good things, I would never be mad that my name was brought up. And this is not one of those situations. No, but just so you know, it would be no penis if we yeah. were being discussed. It would... I am Scotch Irish, so now, yes, you are correct. Now, now, when I first moved out here, I I was doing stand up. Now, I I didn't. Did know... you do it before? Can you give us a sample? <laughs> Yes, you uh, should. Do you remember any of your jokes? What was one of your favorite jokes um, you used to like, tell on stage? What if you did an impression of Brian Irwin? That would be funny. Uh, honestly, I, honestly, <laughs> I, I wasn't really, a, I wasn't necessarily a joke guy. What I was kind of stuff you talking? I was more of an idea guy. Oh, okay. more of, oh funny <laughs> ideas. Huh? More, funny of ideas. A con, more of a what concept. What do you guys think of the electric comb? <laughs> Nothing. Like, Nothing. How about glass bunk beds? Anyone? Yeah. Anyone? Anyone. Well, uh, you know, just relationship stuff, relationship stuff, moving out to Los Angeles kind of stuff, you know, just Did you start comedy out here? Or did you do it? No, I had in... I had done some around Washington D.C. You did, oh, it, yeah. okay. Uh, but it and was how nothing... deal with how a bill becomes a law. Am I right, everybody? Right, you guys, right? Glass but I, bunk beds. But I, I had no idea what was. I really had no idea what was going on out here. I was going to a lot of open mic nights. Yeah. Not realizing that most of the people that I was doing this material to were other comedians who were there for open mic night. Right. And just I, want you to get off stage. So and I didn't really there. understand the thing about nobody will laugh at anybody else. I'm one of those people that uh, uh, like good laugh. I'm, I'm, I'm come to I'm a show. Great, good I'm great. In a, I'm if, great. In if a something strikes you as funny, you laugh I, regardless yeah. of who's I, saying. Seriously. I'm like the sassy black lady in the audience. Yeah, he's a fire starter. That's loud. what I call him. If it's funny, I, you know, put me near the microphone because right. I, because I, I just do. I appreciate humor. I appreciate good comedy. I'll be recording a CD soon. I'll have you in the audience. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, it's, you know, I like it. I mean, I've always been a big fan of, you know, I've always been a big fan of comedy. Mm. I do stand-up uh, magic. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, someone I, else. I just Brian Irwin to the yes, show. Yes, you did. <laughs> yes. Drove it into a tree. it. Jeff also lets you know when you're not doing a good job well, yeah, based I, on his uh, silence over I, there. I noticed he was a good laugher and talking about it until I mentioned <laughs> yeah, that last time. Literally- and he was like... I'm just going to stare at you blankly until we get this out of the way. Are we done with this awkwardness? So we've yet to have somebody 
uh, that we know that's actually said, I'm done with stand-up. We don't really know people who ever actually quit. What uh, what mean, happened? I, I, well, I, I know people who have quit. No, no, but, but I never but I never see them again. Yeah. So here's the like, thing. You're so you're still doing it out here, and you decide what was your last gig, and what did you say? What what was the process of you actually saying no? When I moved when I moved out here, I had never actually been here before. Now, Fred move. Fred yeah. was the only person that I knew, and I hadn't really seen him for about 10 years. Right. Wait, he made the offer 10 years earlier, and then you showed no, up? No, no, oh, no. Okay, he made good. the offer a couple of months before I moved out. Uh, but I hadn't, but, but I hadn't really seen ago? him for any length of time for, for probably about 10 years. All right. Um, and when I came out here, I, had, I came out with like $600 in two suitcases. Oh, Me too. Yeah. I remember flying in and just seeing how expansive this area was. You $600 know, you're make, is going to cover you're this making town. The descent, yeah. As you're making the descent, I mean, you just look out and there's just stuff everywhere. Well, I like yeah. how you got the fly here. That's nice. Jesus. <laughs> That was where he put a six hundred dollars. I had airline miles donated ah. to me. That's oh. how I got. That's how I got out here. Nice. Mm. So, um, and a suit. And a suit. Um, I wore the suit to my first temp job out here, which was for Warner Brothers Records. I'm temp. I'm filing for Warner Brothers Records, and I show up. And I show up wearing a suit. They're, they're like, take it down a notch, Donald Trump. The lady that shows up. To, <laughs> the lady that shows up. She's my supervisor. She's got torn sweats, yeah, wearing flip flops. You know, uh, you know, but you see, you come from the East Coast where people like when you have a job, yeah. you dress you like you have a job. Yeah. In Hollywood, you can't tell if the guy you're talking to is fucking homeless or like an executive producer. You're like, mm-hmm. okay. I spent I spent four days filing royalty statements for Frankie Valley. Wow. Before Jersey Boys came out. Wow. And he was still pulling down 60 to 70 grand a month. Even before all that. Now, he at this point, he hadn't had a charted single since the title track to, like, Grease in say, 78 or, you know, in yeah. case December 63 hit so the So one could again. only imagine how much money he's pulling in now. Oh, well, with yeah. Jersey Bay, I mean, that's... Yes. That's insane. It's insane. Is he still alive? Oh, yeah. Okay, so yeah. he can enjoy it. All right, yeah. good. Can so he, can he's definitely on, alive. So, how I, so when I moved out, though, I didn't have... Uh, when I moved out, I didn't have a car. I didn't right. have any... I, and in this town, you realize quickly... The first day I got here, I started, I got up and I didn't, for the first time in probably 15 years, I didn't have anything to do. I had nowhere that I had to be. I had nothing that I had to do. So I just started walking. Well, I walked uh, probably about six miles and I'm like, I need some form of transportation. So I bought a bike, got a job as a waiter up at Tony Roma's up at Universal City Walk. Okay. And basically like, you know, it's a place for ribs. Right? Started to yeah. you know started to dip my toes in open mic nights around town. at Tony Roma's by yourself. Not necessarily, but You're like most Jeff, of the that's stuff- not how open mics work. You can't just start doing stand up in the corner. What if he said I started to dip my toes in the special sauce at Tony <laughs> Romo's and people got really upset. So you're doing this that you're so you, so that's when you started dabbling. So the first in? the first, uh, the first open mic night I do is at the old Coconut Teasers. If you remember, Coconut yeah, Teasers. Well, yeah, Coconut Teaser is was a uh, um, a records. No, no, oh no, it was I a, don't know what it is now. It's on Sunset Strip, somewhere near down the street from the Laugh Factory, yes. and in between the Laugh Factory and the Mondrian Hotel, where that's John right. Belushi died. Yes, that's okay, correct. got it. Right. Uh, it was a Schmar. Sh- sh- I, I don't, hotel I don't know what I don't know what it is. So whatever, now. whatever. I'm sorry, my, not Mondrian. I'm sorry, whatever, whatever. Hotel I'm, Chateau Marmont. Chateau Marmont. Now, you know, I, you know, and I, I found it in like LA Weekly or yeah. something like that. So there I was called no and they're like, sign up is at like six o'clock. So I'm like, okay, perfect. So I take the bus to get down to this thing at like six o'clock and sign up. Well, I didn't know that uh, people had been lining up for this since noon. I mean, for the spot because they had nothing else to do. So by the time I finally get you know, I'm way, way down on the list. And what they used to do for these open mic nights is they would have two singers and then a comic. Two singers, then a comic. And they didn't have any length on the times that the singers could be up there doing their songs. Of course. Only comics so had everybody's up. You know, the comics had like three to five minutes. Everybody else is doing these like Inagata DeVita. <laughs> right, yeah. So, here's the drum solo. Like, come on, dude. Yeah. They play the yeah, one side of 2112. Exactly. Like, we're good. Exactly. A lot of lollipops, a lot of uh, neon necklaces, you know. Oh, oh uh, so what? Like, Ravy? Yeah, just these, <clears throat> just these, you know, these fish jams and oh, stuff yeah, like that. So, because this is about 96? This is probably, yeah, 96. 96, okay. So, uh, you know, so I'm doing a lot of these things. I finally get onto this thing at 10 minutes to two. In the morning. Yeah. There's, You've been there since 6 o'clock at there's night? There's three people left. I, I had a guy come down, fortunately. 
Uh, you know, because he's like, yeah, I'll come down and see it. Hangs out with me the entire night. It's him. It's a drunk guy passed out in the corner and the bartender who's putting chairs up. Of course, yeah. I'm like, I could have done this in my bathroom. Yes, yeah, and you would have had a better response. And yes, would you would have. Better, and I wouldn't have had to wait till 10 minutes. Yeah, and you could have sat morning. on the toilet and not had to worry about so where you're I was, I was doing all these. I was doing these open mic nights, doing this to, a, you know, just performing in front of other comedians who weren't giving me the time of day. And I'm like, I'm really bad at this. I, I'm really just the fact that you said that and is I already amazing. I would ta- I-, I would talk to these people, and I mean, and it was just like I mean, and I would see them at multiple places, and every time they would look at me like I they just met me, and I'm like, yeah, you remember we were over at that. Oh, because you would remember people. Oh, yeah, I would remember people. Nobody does that in this town. And I would tell people, I'd be like, hey, that thing that you did about the bus and the, you know, and the guy and the smell, that was fantastic. And they would look at me like I just said it to them in Swahili. And I'm like, that was a compliment. I, I was, which obviously, you know, now that I've been out here a while, you realize you don't get compliments very yeah, much. Yeah, people so are confused as shit. Are you saying I did something? So are you going to steal that? What are you going to? Why are you saying? Yeah, it? how are you? How is this going to not benefit me in the end? So what? Do you remember your last gig before you bailed? Before you're like enough? Uh, it, yeah, it was the same was one to, I just told was, you about. <laughs> it was to a. It was to a. Uh, it was to a uh, a coffee shop in North Hollywood. Okay. Uh, I had uh, I had almost got hit twice on my bike. <laughs> so the, there was I already got, signs early. I got there. I got there. I had um, uh, I, I got there, and I, there was like three people in the audience <laughs> when I had finally gotten there. And when I came out, somebody had stolen the front tire off my God bike. God damn That's it. it! You thought to yourself, "This is ridiculous." Was it? A, was it a? That, I, I'm not is... much on signs, but that was a sign. <sighs> that was multiple signs. And that and was how long after you started, though. Uh, this was probably maybe six or seven months. Okay, so you... You gave it some time. Well... Well, yeah, but enough for he actually made a conscious choice look, of like, I'm not putting up with this shit. And I, and I really... And, you know, and had I known a lot of the people that I know now who could have given me a little bit of advice and guidance, I, yeah. I probably... And I really just... I couldn't... Con- you know, because, again, most of my time was spent getting to these places. So I didn't really always have, you know, it would be like, well, you know, I'd love to be able to stay and hang out with you fellows for a while, but it's going to take me three hours yeah, to get home. Yeah, I got to kick the number two, transfer <laughs> exactly. to the 27, and if I can take a nine-hour wait is, three hours at a bus stop. This is no, you know, city to be without wheels. No, it's really, it's really not. It's really a bad, and I know people that get around without cars. My roommate, we got around without cars when we first got here. We had cars, but they were pieces of shit, but... I mean, you got to really be familiar, familiarize yourself with the bus schedule, like... It's hard, man, and and even then, are they going to come on time? No, probably not. Like, but I'm always somebody too that I've always kind of taken those things. I mean, even you know, I'm, you know, obviously I'm on the show Hollywood Anonymous. So, yeah, you are. You the, know, the, by the way, it doesn't mean you're anonymous. <laughs> Just means we're anonymous. Two things, because I want to make sure we cover them before we go. What was your um, because you've been able to anonymously work in the business as long as you have. Uh, um, maybe not, maybe it was Eric Idle. I don't know your favorite moment, um, with someone that you got to meet or rub shoulders with. Well, I'll tell you one of my, one of my favorite stories that mm-hmm. I have, uh, is a, uh, is out of the location work that we, that we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the location work that we do, uh, when a film company wants to come into a high rise, for example, there are certain things that they're looking for that they don't necessarily want to build on a stage. So they will rent out practical locations like high rise office buildings to do what they need to do. Uh, before I was based at the train station, I was, um, I was based at this building on 6th and Fig, uh, which is a building that has a lot of executive types, a lot of doctors, a lot of lawyers, a lot of international business people, things like that. They're not necessarily the types of people that necessarily fit in with the Hollywood crowd. Right. One of the rules of this building was that they couldn't film in the lobby of this building because of the people that were tenants in the building would complain about it and things like that. We get approached to do a commercial in this in this building, and I'm not going to say the guy's name, but he's one, he's a cinematographer that's won multiple Oscars. Wow! And the guy is a certifiable flake because he really just kind of lives in his own world. He's been successful for a very long time. I, uh, I, you know, and I believe he comes from a family that has a lot of money, so he doesn't necessarily look at things. Necess- and he's got that artist sensibility, so he doesn't necessarily look at things the way everybody else does. Practically, now. He's because he's very talented and very good at what he does. He doesn't like to film in the same location every day. 
Uh, now, uh, he'll move a film company maybe two or three times every day, which if you know anything about film production work... A company move is yeah. a big, giant pain well, in the ass. A lot exactly. of trucks, a lot of trailers, a lot of people. Exactly. And if you're doing it multiple times, it's really stressful, especially when you're working on a commercial when you only have a limited amount of time to do this. And you would say that almost... I would say I've never seen... like The times I've seen more than one company move in a day have been disasters. Like, Imagine like, usually one company move is, is bad enough, but when they try to do multiple and people like, do it all the time, but I think that's insane. It is insane. It, it, it is. It's very difficult, it's, especially it's difficult, when you're yeah. especially when you're moving downtown, which this production would. Oh yeah. Now because the, with the location company that that we work for, the uh, what they would do is they would tend to put the same site representative with if they were going to be if they were working on the same production with multiple properties, they would put the same representative with them because it was easier than they trying to explain who yeah. everybody was. I was with them at Union Station. We, uh, uh, as a site representative, we sat there the entire day. The guy showed up at three o'clock. He shot it once, said, "I've got it," and then left. And that's the kind wow. of stuff that he would do. So wow. this was on a Wednesday. On a Thursday, they were up at a location in Pasadena. Now, because this guy had been taking this crew all over town all week, he decided that he was going to considerably lighten the mood for his crew on Friday by declaring that Friday was now dress day. Meaning that the entire crew would and did show up in women's clothing. Okay. Now these are all working class guys. I blue mean, these grips. are these uh, are very collar dudes. very blue collar dudes and everything. I show up at this building at four o'clock in the morning. I open up the freight elevator and three guys come in wearing dresses, like a Bud Light commercial. Remember and those I'm guys? Like, I'm like, did you, for the I'm like, did you fellas lose a bet or something? They're like, no. What's dress? It's dress day. I'm like, what's dress day? And he explains it to me. Now, the thing is, is that the first shot of this building was in the front lobby of this building. <laughs> now, a building that never allowed you to film in the front lobby of the building during the week. They would allow it on the weekends, but they would never allow it during the week. So, at 4 o'clock in the morning, there's not really anybody that I can call. So, I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, maybe what we do is we get them into the lobby as early as possible. Get them get out. Them, yeah. Get them out. Get them up to, they were going to do another floor. They were going to do, like, something on the 25th floor as well. We shoot them out on the, on the, you know, at 6 o'clock, get them out, and get them up before anybody knows. 6 o'clock in the morning, the guy that runs the building shows up. Ugh. And he sees me. And, you know, and again, this is a very straight-ahead business person. He doesn't necessarily use the language that he was using when he saw me. What the fuck is right. going on here, Jeff? What, what are these people doing? And I'm like, Jim, I had no idea that they were planning on doing something like this. Nobody told me about this. This is just something that uh, they decided to do on the spur of the moment. Now, what I didn't know was that the guy who owned the building was in from Japan. This billionaire, uh, real estate investor, uh, was in from Japan. And if he shows up at the building, this guy loses his job, which is why he's going ape shit on yeah. me in the front lobby of this building. So this director comes over, and I'm explaining this to the producer. He's like, what's the problem? And I said, it's just uh, something that we have to deal with the building. Don't worry about it. He looks at me and he goes, I wasn't. And he wasn't. He was completely not interested in that at all. Yeah. He was like, okay, well, I'm sure you'll figure that out. Go ahead. You can go on and do your thing. Yeah. So my wife calls me. She's like, you know, it's like 8 o'clock in the morning. She's like, how's your morning going? I'm like, I just got 80 people out of dresses. She's like, I'll call you later. <laughs> That's what happens yeah. in Hollywood. I mean, That's the kind of crap in that kind of job that you have to put up with. And no one cares. In the end, you do all that work. You, do all, you, you absorb all the anger, the, the frustrations, everything. And in the end, everyone just goes away. And there's no, hey, Jeff, thanks a lot for me. Nine times out of it's just, it just, it's over, and it's on to the next fire, right? That's pretty much it. Exactly. And you know that no one cares. Great story. Hey, real quick, because we're running out of time. What's the name of your book? Name of the book, and tell us a little bit about the book, please. Okay. Uh, the name of the book is called How to Steal a Truck Full of Nickels. It's going to be available both on my website, which is rightsrealgood.com, also at steelnickels.com. Uh, it's about two brothers who hijack a U.S. mint shipment to pay off a gambling debt, but they end up stealing less money than they promised to pay out to the guy that they borrowed the money from. So they have to cash out the money and get out of the country before their arrests are killed. Wow. Sounds exciting. It's my first novel. Yeah, based on a real life experience. Uh, no, yes. it was uh, it was based on a it is based on a real life experience. Really, but not not his. mine. Yeah. Oh, not mine. <laughs> it is like, not. It is not an. Otherwise, we would have started with like, that story. He just so. admitted is, to robbing an armored it car. Is, full it of is things. not an instruction manual. Right. Um, yeah, and it's my first book. You know, I've always been a big fan of coloring. Yeah. So. <laughs> 
These pictures are going to be great. I can feel it. Use whatever colors you want, guys. It's uh, funny. No limits. Great stories. We'll have to have you back because I know you have way more stories to yeah, tell. Yeah, thank a, you for coming the on thing the about show. this show. Thank is you very it just, much. It for goes me. fast when when the shows are fun, and you were a great guest. So thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, Brian. Uh, you're on Twitter at Brian it, it, Irwin. You don't have to do any of that. Oh, all right. Come on now. Because you put it at the end or the it's beginning? Not, it, 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 at the end of every show. Have, have you ever heard our show? Uh, Just out of curiosity. What is Hollywood Anonymous? I don't Thanks know. for you, listening, You everybody. sound like you're my uh, wife. Yeah, or my she girlfriend. She doesn't even know we do this show. Just yeah, so you know. my girlfriend doesn't know that I live with her. By the way, great stuff. You're writing a great novel. Uh, today, uh, right outside of our window, is a... Um, uh, to give you a general idea of what kind of great stuff is being shot out there is some sort of like sex romp kind of 1966 uh, sexploitation uh, Austin Powers thing. meets John Holmes yeah, it's a, no it's, it's not porn but anyway it just goes to show you art comes in all different types of forms and fashions mm-hmm. let's go look at some really good looking girls John sounds good just kidding alright thanks guys alright thank you Thank you for listening to Hollywood Anonymous. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Hollywood Anani. That is short for Hollywood Anonymous. You can also follow John individually at John Huck and myself, Brian Irwin, at Brian Irwin on Twitter as well. Both of us can be found on Facebook. You can also Google us and contact us directly, HollywoodAnonymousGuys at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and please don't forget to subscribe 